0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on Why Theory. I, as always, am one of your hosts, Ryan Emily. I am joined, always, by Todd McGowan. Todd, how are you, bud?
1: I'm good, Ryan. Is it always, or is it just... It's, it's always so far, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's...
0: Well, that's... That's
1: true. You're gonna go... You're gonna do a solo act.
0: Soon. You think I'm gonna do a solo? You think I'm gonna... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. moving on up.
0: That's... what well, we... Of... We, uh, we, uh, to confirm at another time, I, I, I think, yeah, but not, yeah, lea- yeah. but not leaving the shows. Surely, don't don't worry. No, no, I'm not no, going to. Okay, um, I'm just kidding. What is it? I'm trying to think of a band. I'm not a. Uh
1: uh queen you're not freddie mercury i'm not
0: <laughs> no right 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 that's 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 it exactly um
1: i'm not i g- just saw bohemian rhapsody last night for the second time you love that movie this year don't you? i love that movie yeah, yeah. i still yeah. i still haven't yeah. seen it
0: i yeah. i got i i gotta watch it i have this thing i have this thing about it i've talked about this in class yeah. i wonder what you think is that um i don't like the this has nothing to really to do with Bohemian Rhapsody, but I don't like the thing in Hollywood films where if you're doing a biopic, the person has to look exactly like the person who the totally film agree. is based on. Or totally else, agree. Like don't like I like Rami Malek a lot. I think he's excellent in Mister Robot. He's a great actor. Don't give the guy fake teeth that he can't talk around right. just because right, he know. needs to look a little bit like Freddie Mercury. Like the whole point of cinema is that it's not real, and you know that. And so then every step you try to make it more like real life, it just, you lose the, the, um, the necessary artifice. The, you lose disavowal, which is the yeah, basic. I think that's, of that's
1: such a good point. Do you know this exchange between Dustin Hoffman and Lawrence Olivier on the set of marathon man? So, Oh,
0: I don't, I love that movie. I don't know if I know about marathon man though.
1: has this great scene where Olivier is a Nazi dentist oh, yeah plugging the, pulling the teeth and touching the nerves of his teeth of Hoffman to torture him. He keeps asking, is it safe? Is it safe? And, yeah. and Hoffman is totally exhausted and his, you know, he's up and up all night. Yeah. And so in order to prepare for the scene, he stayed up 40, 48 hours consecutively. Jesus. And he came in, he told Olivier and Olivier is like, son, it's called acting, <laughs> he just he was not impressed by that method you know yeah it's which i it touches on the point you just made
0: well it's it is it's a great point because it's like so the only way that you can do that is if you're actually doing it then it's not you know it's not fiction though like you're not you're not an actor like you're 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 just there's a camera in front of you while you're going through the the thing that's happening in the scene which is maybe less impressive than someone who is Uh, you know, getting into character, I would say, like, like, right. I agree. I would
1: just say this about Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a film about queen and dialectics. So nice. That's what I liked. Like every, what they do is they take every defect Mm -hmm. that they have either as a group or individually or what happened to them. Yeah. And then they turn that into a, 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 positive thing like they use the it's like everything is a determinate negation like the first show that he plays his microphone break he can't get it out of the stand yeah and so then he plays every subsequent show just with the microphone half of the stand Uh, in his hands that's pretty good (laughs) so he makes that his signature thing and it's only because it broke on the first on the first show so I, i i don't know i think there's i think there's something to it as a as a, I hate the musical by, I hate the biopic. I hate the musical, but I just, for some reason, this one just hate you. really spoke to me. Yeah. yeah. That's great. But, okay. But that's enough of a that, prelude. <laughs> that's a, uh, that
0: is a, a, a mega minute on, uh, on Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Um, today, so we're beginning a series, uh, a little bit like our, uh, where to start, where not to start, uh, that we're calling tentatively. I mean, we'll see if you're hearing this, you'll have seen it clicking on it so if unless we come up with something we think is a better term than you know whatever but this is a series called lacanian aphorisms and what the idea is is to talk about um lacan's uh career and the development of his thought through these distinct uh aphoristic statements that that he's given that that kind of uh they almost exceed uh, anyone having had to read him like they their in a way and, and for some of them they're too popular and because of the popularity of the of the aphorism leads to misunderstandings uh which you know as we talked about with hegel is its own the production of its own kind of knowledge but uh it nonetheless allows for us an opportunity to uh set up this podcast series and to get into um you know the some of the most important insights that lacan had on offer through these like discrete phrases.
1: Exactly. The, yeah. Exactly. So, we're going to start today with the one, the famous one from the Ethics of Psychoanalysis, yes. which is basically don't give ground relative to your desire, or how he puts it is the only thing one can be guilty of is having given ground relative to one's desire. Mm-hmm. This is in Seminar 7. And I think there's a way in which it's maybe his most famous of all the aphorisms. I mean, we chose it as the starting point. Yeah precisely because so many people know it and have heard it and it's also i think you just said this earlier that a lot of them are prone to misunderstanding mm. and i think this this is certainly one of them that yeah. can be that can be wildly misunderstood i find it interesting that freud is less than explicit about developing an ethics, like he does say, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about the end of civilization's discontents. I've cited this earlier, mm-hmm. where he says, "I cannot stand before my fellow humans as a prophet mm-hmm. and tell them what to do." Yeah. Um, so it's so that I find fascinating that Lacan would devote a whole seminar to ethics in a way that, and I, I can't see Freud having done it. Although you you <laughs> see that for you, there's a little way in which Freud kind of anticipates this. Yeah. Lacan, even this particular ethic of Lacan. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. And Lacan is in early in the seminar. So in the book, this would be on page 84, but this is, um, uh,
1: of the English right of the English
0: yeah. translation yeah, yeah yeah this is um but and so this is one of the first few uh seminars uh in in this um I'm sorry one of the first few lectures within the overall seminar uh that he gives on the uh, 23 December uh, 1959 and so just to take it from again page page 84 uh if you're following along at home the norton uh tra- <laughs> translation um he writes uh no doubt in talking about erotics we will have to talk about the kinds of rules of love that have been elaborated over the centuries freud said somewhere that he could have described his doctrine as an erotic but he went on and this is him quoting freud i didn't do it because that would have involved giving ground relative to words and he who gives ground relative to words also gives ground relative to things i thus spoke of the theory of sexuality and so the argument that lacan is making that freud makes is that his is an ethics of sexuality and uh right. and lacan will d- turn that a little bit and make his an ethics of uh desire which right. is uh you know critical to uh sexuality and and the and the sexual relationship of course there is no sexual relationship, but we will get to that phrase uh, another right. Another we'll do that some other yeah, time. No time. But it's yeah.
1: interesting that I think that's in the history of the psychoanalytic movement, mm-hmm. but I could be in I could be incorrect uh, where Freud says that. But uh, it's interesting that that Freud doesn't really use the term desire. Mm. But I I think you were right to say it's almost sex. Yeah that for Freud or libido, mm-hmm. that, that, is, that could translate into what Lacan means by desire, right? Like, yeah. it's not it's not the dream as wish for uh, Wunsch, right. you know, the German Wunsch. It's not wish that's desire. It's much more sex. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you think this whole move to desire in Lacan, because that, that transcends Seminar 7 mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that that's a desexualization of Freud? Because Mm -hmm. if you're, like, once you're talking about desire rather than sex, all of a sudden it becomes much more acceptable. I know, at least in my class, like, if I'm teaching a class and I'm talking about desire, everyone's like, okay, that's fine. But if I start talking about sex yeah it's they're like well wait a minute it's on the verge of harassment what's he talking <laughs> about you know yeah or not even that just you know it's just maybe it's inappropriate or it makes me feel uncomfortable
2: yeah
1: that's a whereas desire doesn't so i
0: think you're right and i've never thought about this before um and it's a, uh, it's such what a provocative claim to say that lacan desexualizes freud because that that is typically something i think that's a charge that's levied at, at other
1: thinkers um, at right other, not at lacan uh, uh, right thinkers for people. sure
0: yeah yeah not never never at lacan but I, I do think that there is something there in uh if and i and i mean i do think that i'm reading that i'm reading lacan quoting freud correctly in that uh the the ethics that lacan implied i'm sorry or no no no, yeah I'll put it that way. The ethics that Lacan says is in Freud's is an ethics of of sexuality, and I mean I think that this is this is true that this is like people like to say about Freud that, and I don't know if I said this on this podcast before, but um, people like to say of Freud is that like oh well it's just right. It, right sex is the answer to every question, and it's no 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 it's the, you got to flip that sex right. is the question no, it's, it's not an answer. Point. Sex is Joan, never Joan an answer. Joan would be happy with yeah. that statement and Joan yeah.
1: Kopchak <laughs> Yeah, she
0: she would. It's in. Yeah. Yeah. you know what? It's uh, it's hers. So that's the, yeah. the, so she'd be happy that, that that I'm putting that out there, um, and I mean it's just it's just the case. Like so, what I mean that this is what Freud's doing is that like when you think of um, when you think of sex as a uh, when you think of sex as a problem or and a not solution. like a discreet act that. Exactly, or a solution, then you are you're teasing out the consequences really of having brought that idea into thought in the first place. So, um, it's interesting that maybe maybe Lacan thinks that that's just Freud's. That's just what the standard edition is. So, like, I like, why should I do that? I'll yeah, just be maybe, doing Freud again. maybe, but but it is you know? part like of so, his. So maybe,
1: maybe, what would you call it? Like a socialization of Freud, like his way of bringing yeah. larger societal concerns into the Freudian project. So that's, I mean, it seems like that's a key, Yeah, that's a key aspect of what he's, of what he's up to. And so you could see that because you couldn't really say my sex is the sex of the other, right? Like, like, so, so no. my desire right. is the desire of the that's other, which good. is a, aphorism we'll get to in the future at another time. Um, <laughs>
0: another time. So
1: it does, I yeah. think it fits in with that a little bit more. And so it makes, I mean, I don't think it's a desexualization, I guess, but it, but it certainly is a shift. Maybe it's a an emphasis, yeah. Or shift I was going to say maybe I mean, a broadening of of the understanding because what yeah. he's trying to say is that, And I think Freud thinks this, that sex infiltrates into the problem of sex, as you just put it, infiltrates into all these other areas where you think that there's no sexual problem at all. Like, you know, like scientific research. Well, the problem of sex and desire, and if you Mm -hmm. think of it in terms of desire, it's easier to see the way it's infiltrated into that like Mm -hmm. why did you choose to look at this thing rather than this other problem well if i if i say to you it's because of sex Mm -hmm. you're gonna be like well that's just asinine but if i say it's because (laughs) of your desire and you can maybe yeah agree with that well it's uh,
0: yeah and i'm and maybe for or well you know we might maybe maybe we're not doing Lacan enough credit. Maybe, uh, and maybe somebody listening has thought this. Maybe what Lacan uh, is, is, is in inserting is that before sex, there is desire. So he's actually talking a step before.
2: Right. Freud, except what in this process.
1: Freud means by sex, of course, is an actual sex. It's like, it's, it's being sex. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. And, and, and he yeah. thinks it's in, immediate right like he thinks like the the the, yeah. the infinite the no, nipple is a sexed sexually desiring being right. so i right. yeah i don't know i I mean it's a it's an interesting shift yeah um and not uh, and relatively uncommented I do th- on i do think it's I do, part yeah, of yeah, I the socialization i think that's it i think that's Yeah,
0: it. yeah that's the big thing and it yeah no, no, no. It's a, I, I think that that's, that's the key point is that, I mean, we, and we talked about this with, um, with Rick Boothby in the Dosting episode, which is also about seminar seven. Um, and, but that the larger project for Lacan is to bring, if you think of, if, if you want to put, um, I, don't know, I guess this is a little bit of a glib way of putting it, uh, if the standard edition is about, uh, like theorizing the subject, uh, in, in analysis, then, uh, Lacan seminars are theorizing yeah. the social yeah. in, yeah. in light of uh, analysis. Yeah. And, and maybe this is, this is part of that. Yeah. It's almost
1: from form. like psyche to social, although of course the social is always inflicted mm-hmm. by the psyche, but I know people that don't like Lacan nice. precisely because of this. They think he's turned away from what is the true, import of psychoanalysis but i think the reason why he's now popular as a cultural kind of theorist is precisely because of that of that term Mm -hmm. you know like it wouldn't
0: yeah and it and you would would you say that it's the opposite for freud is that like culturally why he's not popular is that it seems that he's talking about individual people right. and, and right. people can like, well, just I don't dismiss feel that it way. Totally. Cause I don't, way, so gotta, I don't feel
1: yeah. any desire for my yeah. mother. So, uh, you know, that's clearly wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I even had, I even had a, a sort of friendly <laughs> student. Yeah. I mean, a, a student friendly to psychoanalysis come into my office this past week and said, you know, I think this is all pretty great. Freud repression Super ego, I love it, but unconscious. But I just am having trouble with this Oedipus complex. I just, and, and I'm like, yeah, I have a lot of trouble with it too. I mean, so, and then I tried to you know, point out how it might be an error. But I think, like, it seems like when Freud errs, he errs because he doesn't take the larger social situation into account. I mean, he he does, of course, in books like Totem and Taboo and Moses and Monotheism, but. And group psychology, but it's still, psychology, there's still not this basic yeah. Yeah. sense of of the society as fundamental.
0: You, you know what's funny about you saying that is I actually take the so maybe this is a, to uh, like a total Lacanian reading here, but like I I when I talk about the the Oedipus complex or like when I when I the times that I have talked about it uh, is that what is fascinating for freud it and it is that it just All it repeats right. as a myth so that i it actually think the that idea. the social yeah. is yeah. in that idea so it's it isn't just that it, there's oedipus and then we've never done that before yeah. it's there's yeah. oedipus and yeah. then there's hamlet you know and then and then there's you know um uh well if sopranos like i i you know i i think uh, like if if the actor the actor who played tony sopranos mother didn't uh die in real life i think she probably would have killed him or tried to and then tony would have had to kill his mother in that show like i think that it's very clear that's where that was headed Um, yeah so anyway just like and i think that's what's fascinating for for freud is is that that we we repeat we repeat these uh these myths and maybe this all then you can kind of see a, a line between him and uh, and Jung here, where for Jung it's the the right. myth is that's the only right. important thing, right, and it's just it's just collective, and there's no right.
1: I mean that's clearly clearly Lacan as opposed to that because for him, it's all about the antagonism right. between the subject and the social, right And I think it is for Freud, too. I mean, I think that's what they yes. share. They yeah. just maybe the emphasis is slightly is slightly different but i think they do share that idea of the antagonism. Mm. so it's interesting that mm-hmm. freud so freud doesn't really explicitly formulate an i mean there's an ethics of of using the the word and not giving ground relative to words but there's not an ethics of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. psychoanalysis itself i don't think it produces so he never says anything like
2: yeah
1: don't give ground relative to your desire which is what Lacan formulates. And it's a, right. it's, I find that a fascinating idea of ethics because he already says, prior to this, desire is the desire of the other. So it's, y- you don't get this thing yeah. like, don't give ground level. desire means I get to hold on to my desire and don't let the desire of the other overpower it and give into that because you can't distinguish mm. them. My mm-hmm. desire already is the desire of the other. So, I don't or know, exactly. I think that's a, that sort of complicates the ethic quite a bit and doesn't allow it to be this, this, like, oh, I get to choose, the other is, tell, is desiring one thing, I desire my own private thing, mm-hmm. I stick to my own private thing, regardless of what the other says. I don't think that's what he has in mind by that, by that theory.
0: No, I don't. I don't think so either. And we're we're, uh, I want to circle back to to this to to add some contemporary examples that complicate it, but it's worth paying some, uh, fidelity. Let's say to um Lacan's like Keystone example in that text, which is Antigone and the story of Antigone as being the model for uh ethics and the ethical position of psychoanalysis. And I know you have problems with this, so I think could could you. Could you go through? I, I can go through my problem why don't how you leconic? go through okay.
1: what the argument is and then I'll poke the holes in it.
0: Okay. Poke the holes in it. Okay. So um the it is inter you know what this is interesting that we're talking about we talked about Freud and Oedipus, is that we so Antigone, one of uh Oedipus's children, right? Yeah. right? That's yeah. I'm right about this? Yeah. Um so and help me if I'm, if I'm yeah. fuzzy on the details here. So w- what happens is her, her brother dies uh because he fought against the state. Is it Creon
1: the, who, the Creon's deco- the uncle of Antigone who's ruling the who's ruling Thebes, yes.
0: Right, okay, who decides that he said that he cannot be buried in Thebes because he fought right against Polynesius, yeah. Polynesius, okay, thank you. Yeah. So what she she is determined to to bury her brother against the wishes of the state and against the wishes of her family. Right. And Ismaini, her yeah.
1: sister, the play begins with a little dialogue between them. And as like, you know, we're just women. What can we do? Don't mm-hmm. be a fool. You're, you're, you're psychotic. <laughs> you're trying yeah. to obey, disobey the law. The law is here. We can't do any, you know? So mm-hmm. that's the, mm-hmm. that's the, even the setup of the, of the play.
0: Right. This. Right. And she, uh, she does succeed in burying her brother, uh, right. but um, she's buried with him. Right. Am I, I right? Well, no, this? she buries him, but
1: then her ultimate punishment is that she's buried alive at the end of the play. Right. Okay. That's what I'm And Creon's son is. is her lover and he kills himself because Antigone's been killed. Yeah. So Creon ends up with nothing like his, mm-hmm. his, he's lost his own family. Because of the way he treats antiquity. Well, he's
0: upholding the law.
2: Right. Through, right, right
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. Through the commitment to the law. Right. And that's okay. Right. That's what I was misremembering. I thought first, you know what I had in my head, I, I don't know if you'll know this, but there is a... Um, there's an image where Mr. Mr. Burns explains to Smithers at one point uh, when when he dies, what's going to happen to to Smithers. And he says, you'll be buried alongside me. And so there's <laughs> a, a little but he has a, like a model of it. And he shows he shows Smithers. There's Mr. Burns, who's who's dead, like with his arms crossed, like, a you know, a a, a, a corpse. Uh, and then there's Smithers who has been buried alive next to him in the same box, who's just like. Uh, like who's has eyes open or whatever anyway and there's just it's just so funny but yeah they're not together even, they're not together why he they're would two even two have it so anyway yeah, yeah, that's pretty
1: funny that's pretty
0: funny yeah uh but yeah they're not together but she so anyway so she dies she dies for this she and and what lacan emphasizes is it, it doesn't isn't just that she literally dies is that she suffers a symbolic death right of like not being able to she just cannot be a citizen anymore in in Thebes for having violated this like one of the most fundamental laws and to have it be like her uncle who is the uh you know the ruler of Thebes at the time she also has lost um her like familial identity right. like she'd been right. completely stripped of this at, at at every level all to bury her brother uh and to like obey like the kind of funeral rites that uh seem to her to be the most appropriate and most sacred and most uh meaningful so that so that that is for lacan in that seminar is that she does not give ground relative to her desire she wants to bury her brother she does it up to her own death and the being stripped of her symbolic identity as well like not not even being a, a person in in society anymore right so that's yeah. Yeah. So no, that, that's uh, good.
1: So I yeah. think it's interesting, just based on what you said that in the seminar that she that symbolic death is the almost the necessary result of not giving ground relative to, to your desire, right? Yeah. So there's a true. there's yeah. a clear link between staying alive symbolically and seeding your desire, right? Mm-hmm, so if you mm-hmm. if you don't give ground relative to it then you you inevitably end up with some kind of symbolic death. I mean, I don't think you necessarily end up literally dead like Antigone, but right. he's fascinated with that, what he calls the zone between two deaths, where she exists yeah. after she's been condemned, but before mm-hmm. she dies, like what she's right. like it locked up in that tomb that's going to eventually, she'll eventually die in there. So Mm -hmm. that's, and I think like that passing over into that zone between two deaths, because you didn't give ground relative to your desire, that for him uh, is the ethical position. So symbolic death is the ethical position. Because, I mean, you know what, it's funny, because isn't another way of saying that is just don't care what people think
0: sure sure or do do you not Or you think
1: that's too i don't know if
0: that goes i don't know if it goes far enough because that that um yeah yeah but like because that's the um it's funny that's to me well i think that that articulates uh as a um libertarian position yeah, I think so and I, and and also on the on the the flip side I think it's also like a like a hipster position or like a, or or it is the like I'm going to be unimpressed with this movie everyone loves. Right. You know, right. on the internet. And I, I think that it's actually like that that ends up being like one of the most popular <sighs> p- positions to to adopt and it is entirely yeah. decided by the symbolic right. and by by other people. Well, yeah. I
1: mean the, the the reason why it's not that is because our desire is initially the desire of the other. So, yeah, what other yeah. people think has already informed what my desire is that before I don't give ground relative to it, right? To, like, to it. Yeah. 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 So, it's so in that way, it's interesting to think what is opposed to my desire that I'm not seeding, right? Like, mm-hmm. if it's not mm-hmm. other people's desire, because it can't be, because my desire is the desire of the other. So it can't yeah. be other people's desire. So, I mean, in the in the Antigone example, it seems to be law, although I think law is complicated and I think it's much more, because it's not clear that Creon is necessarily following the law when he decrees mm-hmm. that Polynesius can't be buried. And it seems like it's just an arbitrary... I mean he could have easily said, Okay, Polynesius, royal family, we're gonna make allowances for him, he can be buried, but he doesn't. And so I think it's symbolic authority. Interesting. Is what yeah. you don't give ground relative to. And that's why mm-hmm. I think not following your desire ends up leading to symbolic death because you're mm-hmm. saying, look, whatever the symbolic authority is, I'm not gonna submit to that. And what that also yeah. means is the desire of the other is not the same as symbolic mm-hmm. authority, which I think mm-hmm. we often think it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's pretty good. Haven't you written? Um, I I just remembered this you wrote about Don Draper and in it, yeah, the, and the, the later and seasons, books. yeah, yeah. Oh no 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 I it well did that start at, I thought that started on, on Oh on um, some little
1: yeah yeah yeah. some little on a website yeah, yeah.
0: and I thought I thought I remember the the argument you making about uh the one of the later seasons I'm not sure if it's the last one or the second to last one where he refuses to do creative ad copy yeah. anymore which is the, his entire reason for being at you know Sterling Cooper then later Sterling Cooper Draper Price yeah. right like that's yeah. his that and that's part not only that that's part of why you like him as a, as a viewer, despite like his, his moral failings is that like, you, it's, you know, you were, maybe you remember things like, um, uh, the, the wheel, right. right. Like the, right the, 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 you know, uh, or the, um, what am I thinking? Have I blown that is, is that? Uh, what he you no know, it? it's or, not the wheel. It's the, it's the, fer- no, <laughs> it's the, uh,
1: the, with the horses. Yeah, the, why the, am I thinking about the, that? It's not a merry-go-round. It's a no carousel. I can't believe Carousel, the carousel, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. a good yeah, thing to so repress the... because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kodak. Kodak, well, capitalist yeah, monster. You know um, I yeah, <laughs> no, I think they've gone under. <laughs> uh, but but I think that's a great example, Ryan. And I do think actually there are enough cases where Draper doesn't give ground relative to his desire, and I mm-hmm. would argue that's what makes him so appealing as a character. Like he has these terrible moral failings. Right. And I, I don't think it's his success as an ad person. I think it's mm-hmm. his willingness to commit symbolic suicide. Like there's one earlier episode, mm-hmm. so they've made all their money on cigarettes. And then right. he publishes a PSA about how cigarettes have caused lung cancer. Or he, his agency comes out with it. And people are yeah. like, you're, it's just you're signing your own death warrant. And he's like, "Look, it's only by shooting at ourselves that we can really reinvent the agency."
2: And So I think
1: there's several times I was hoping at the end it would end with some kind of some. Instead, it ends with him being recouped by capital and creating the the Coke ad. Which I, I mean, I guess whatever. I appreciate the ending, but I wanted it to end with a true symbolic suicide of that. The the penultimate season ends with him him taking his. Yes. children to the, to the brothel where he was raised. And he's like, this raised. is where I'm from. This is what I yeah. am. And I thought, yeah, that's a real, like in front of his kids, a real mm-hmm. symbolic suicide. And I thought that would have been just, what a great way to end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And that, in, in that example, like, shown, like, this is like, this is where I grew up. Like, this is who I am. Like that, um, that is the way that he commits symbolic uh, suicide is that like his kids have this view of him and it, you can even think about it. If you haven't seen the show, you can just think of it as simply as that. Like, like, you know,
1: like the father as a symbolic authority.
0: Exactly. Right? right. Yeah. And that brings it to the, um, the, the point that you made about, about Creon about that. It is, it's, it's symbolic authority and it's, and it is authority. It's not necessarily um desire that is, is necessary to, to, to create the, the ethical act and to to right. allow you to, right. to to make the to to commit symbolic suicide, right I way. mean
1: it's in the reason i wanted to say law isn't necessarily part of that mm-hmm. authority is because I think the kantian moral law you i think it is reconcilable with lacan's ethics of desire i don't I think that would be a long road to go down, but sure, I sure. just think that there that law is a little bit dicier than. Symbolic authority, because the mm-hmm, whole point mm-hmm. about symbolic authority is it has no it it has no ground right like the right right lacan 's other dictum that the big other doesn't exist is precisely that
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever social authority there is doesn't really have any substantial grounding, and so you can defy it mm-hmm. um, through obeying your desire right
0: well yeah, and it's i mean it's in. And it's in defying it that you, that you see that it does not exist. Right. Right. Like that's, you know, like, yeah. Right.
1: Right. And the other, I think the other contrast that Lacan lays out, so it's on the one hand between symbolic authority and desire. On the other hand, it's between what he calls the service of goods
2: Mm -hmm. and the logic of
1: desire. And I love this. So it's, it's interesting because there's a, maybe there's more of a link, although there there is a link, we just don't make it between, in French I was thinking, but between, I wonder if it is in English as well, between goods, like goods mm-hmm. that you buy, yeah. and the good.
2: Like I think mm-hmm. we
1: don't, for some reason we don't, I think, make the connection between... I mean, don't you think we think yeah. they're just totally distinct
0: they're totally separate? Yeah. Like you would be using the word wrong. Right. Right. To, and to, I, to, yeah. Yeah. And
1: so I don't know, maybe the French, I'm, I'm not, a, since I'm not a native speaker, I don't know, but maybe there's more of a link in French, but I think Lacan mm. really connects those two things. So, so yeah. both the good as an ideal mm-hmm. and goods as things you buy are way are opposed to desire.
2: And mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm.
1: that pretty fascinating because I think we tend to think what desire does is accumulate goods. Yeah, you know? yeah. So there's this, Right, that's the that's
0: the casual like common right. parlance. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So there's this great line, and this is in seminar seven toward the end in the Antigone stuff. He says, What is Alexander's proclamation when he arrived in Persepolis or Hitler's when he arrived in Paris? The essential point is carry on working, work must go on, which of course means let it be clear to everyone that this is on no account the moment to express the least surge of desire. Then he says, Mm -hmm. the morality of power of the service of goods is as follows. As far as desires are concerned, come back later, make them wait. Hmm. So there he contrasts what he calls the service of goods Mm -hmm. to the ethics of desire, right? And I think that's a pretty interesting thing especially in terms of a critique of of capitalism that Lacan is maybe making there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh and it's so funny like as we've t- talked about before, I mean this this is worth getting into it as well is that um Lacan is n- not nearly as uh radical left as a lot of people who read him would want him to be as a, as a person. Right. And, 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 but this is the, we should say that
1: it's our friend, Juan Pablo Lucelli who has really drummed this point home several times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In a lot of different ways and fascinating ways. I mean, we referenced this all the way back in the episode on lack the, the bikini conference, the last one that we, that we had, and we're part of He gave that great, that great talk. I thought, um, and
1: which everyone was like, wait, 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 that can't be right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it is because, and I mean, this is great. I mean, I think that in like a meta way, this is even, this is proof of a lot of psychoanalytic uh, ideas is that it, it is the idea that Lacan like is getting at here with the, with the ethics of desire and even this, the critique of, of, of capitalism and, and, uh, you can, you can take a lot of what he says and not just because you like, there is no truth and you can make any idea mean anything. Right. But a lot of what he says is like a, a direct uh, critique of conservatism. And, and like, and it does work in uh, a matrix of like radical left thinking. And it is like, this is a guy who was friends and friendly with like Francisco Franco. Yeah. when He was alive, yeah. you know, and, and, and his own, I mean, you talked, you told me this before his own interpretation <laughs> of terrible of of the, of of his, this idea of not giving ground relative to desire is awful. Like he would fart, he would fart in public, right. make it a point right. to fart in public because he thought that was not giving ground relative to desire, and that's like the that is like a libertarian understanding of that idea is right. is like, well, I'm just going to like, the, you know, te- taxes are theft. I'm going right. to drive the way that I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. And, and even that, the way
1: and, and, you practice know, psychoanalysis, you know, like his abuse of the short session in order to like make more money for himself. I mean, you know,
0: that is against, there, the, there's all these ways.
1: Yeah. 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 I think, but I think you made a nice point to me one time that where you said that, that, Lacan actually nicely shows us the difference between the statement and the enunciation, like the right, or the right. person that makes the enunciation. That that the statement can be absolutely true, and the person saying it can utterly betray the truth of what they're articulating yeah you know
0: yeah and and not not just that but like the necessity of thinking well, that's of how an interesting the, point yeah the yeah, statement yeah. exceeds the, yeah. the, the the speaker yeah and that yeah. and and I think that you see that in like you know to read anything about Lacan personally I think that you would see like the idea so the idea of the short session is I think It's a great
2: idea. Yeah.
0: It's a great idea. Like to stop. So like, and like very briefly, like, um, I mean, this is actually central to some of my own research is that like, um, Freud, and this is a problem with, with psychoanalysis is that like, what, what do you do about an ending? Right. Like, like what, when, when is there an end? Well, the session is an hour. Why is it an hour? That's just like how Freud did it and fit with his schedule. Right. Right. Like it it just seemed to be that way. And so Lacan is trying to think like, well, can we speed up analysis? Can we speed up Or can we, can
1: we, and can we punctuate it? Right. Like it's that's exact. It's like a
0: the mean, the end needs to be meaningful. Right, it can't just be. Right, right. And then this is what, what Freud writes about. It can't just be, oh, it's 12 o'clock. You got to go. Right. The end should be at a point where you leave. And then the and or the, you know, the patient is making a connection as they leave the, you know, the, the office. I've as always as they wanted
1: they to teach classes with the short session. Like a student makes just a great <laughs> point and just say, it's well, like, that, that's the that, class. It's over. Just keep that point in mind. Don't think about anything else.
0: No, and it's such a, it, it's no, that's so true. Cause don't you feel that as I, I feel all as a teacher time. too, is that all the time, like, like sometimes like a lot of the time a student will make a point and I think it is so great. And I, I wish that, that everyone would just stay in the moment of thinking about that thing. And then someone will have a, like a question, a, a, a legitimate question about something else. And then it introduces confusion a little bit. Right. Uh, well, and then the because, point is lost. It's like, yeah, it's, like, the it's in lost. the whole
1: yeah. morass of what happened in the class. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think think the short session is just an incredible theoretical and practical insight. But then Mm -hmm. the abuse of it is, (laughs) however, is (laughs) risible, right? Like, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, but again, I think it comes back to your point of this. I really like this idea that it can actually be the personal deficiency that Mm -hmm. makes you capable of the great. Theoretical insight, and I. It's even yeah, true. I think yeah. it's even true of politics, and I think we don't think this anymore at all. That right, right. the the personal deficit, private deficiency, can make you a much greater public figure. I mean, to me, Lyndon Johnson sort of a hero of mine, even though I mean, okay, the Vietnam War <laughs> was kind of a disaster, but I mean, he was sort of the last uh, president that had a sense of like a social vision of the country. Yeah. yeah. And even more than Obama, I think, I mean, I don't think Obama really did. Um, but, but he was a privately, just a terrible guy, you know, and, yeah. but it was precisely his defects as a, as an mm-hmm. individual that made him able yeah. to get legislation passed. So I don't think it's always, you know, I think, I don't, I think we should care more about what the people are proposing and saying Mm -hmm. and less about, you know, their little peccadilloes or privately stated incorrect views. You know what I mean? Like I think,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I
1: I think, yeah.
0: I mean, I think that their, um, (laughs) the blackface might be the limit but that's to, right to right but right. To, to pick a contemporary example <laughs> yeah, but yeah, i yeah. but i but i think that that um that it's it's worth talking about uh elizabeth warren right. and and this idea of of not giving ground relative to desire uh because trump trump calls her pocahontas. trump calls her pocahontas and then she has to She has to defend herself and, 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 well, she decides. She decides to defend herself.
1: herself. She doesn't say he's crazy or, or he's, here's what she can say. He's just deflecting the issue. Like, of course, he's just protecting the wealthy, all this wall thing. It's all a distraction. Pocahontas, it's just a distraction. The focus Mm -hmm. is this, but instead, I mean, Warren is interesting because she's probably not going to get elected because of this mm-hmm. private thing which is who cares really I because mean,
0: because what she did was she tried to to sanitize she tried to cleanse herself as a speaker right. she tried to rather than going like look listen this this was in the past here's what i'm green new deal wealth tax. This is what I'm about. They, you know, Trump can say what he wants because, or, or she could have said like, look, I'm, I'm about these ideas. This is, and I'm about these policies. This is what I'm proposing. If you want to talk about like, you know, misidentification, maybe I made a mistake in the past. We could also talk about like Trump literally pretended to be three different people on different occasions, you know, like in radio interviews and, and like, and to like to, to make himself look better. You know, like he actually did the thing that he accused Warren of, where, you know, and but it's but the whole
1: point is that yeah that I think this is a great point that she, um, she gave ground relative to her desire by having the DNA. So the sub the symbolic authority called for the proof. Yes,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: she did it, and that and and she answered, and she sacrificed her desire, and now she's probably not going to win in. In no small part, due to that, and I think, yeah,
2: Yeah. that
1: I find that fascinating. And I also think it's it it really, I'm almost tempted to say every DNA test is a given ground relative to your desire,
2: yeah,
1: because you know, like what you're looking for is Mm -hmm. some kind of foundation, some substantial foundation that will give my symbolic identity some kind of worth, but it's worthless, it's just worthless. You're and Mm -hmm. and that's the whole point of the logic of desire is that. Your symbolic identity, you you can't invest your like the whole. That's why it's symbolic death is not giving ground relative to your desire. That ethics involves not investing yourself in your symbolic identity.
0: Yeah. No. No. I think that that's. I think that's a great point. And it should. I think um, to add on, you know, a a, a little bit to this to this point is that if she. So, you know, you know, a way that she could turn this around to actually make it to to make it ethical would be like if the point of her campaign, which I mean, this is how it's going to play out anyway. But if the point of her campaign was, look, I'm a lightning rod. I'm actually going to I'm going to take the political hit. Yeah, because and so that other people, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, you know, Tammy Duckworth, if she's, you know, whoever, whoever decides to run like that so that these people can articulate their own policies and free of the the nightmare of like the conservative media blitz the problem is that that, they're not as left as her yeah well you know booker especially
1: remember i love cory booker but god i mean when 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 obama attacked bain capital he called it disgusting yeah you know it's i don't know how you recover from a statement like that at least relative to me yeah. Because, right. 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 Because I. Find, well, no, and he yeah.
0: he had the private. He's the uh, what what is it the uh, charter school thing and yeah the, uh, and the yeah. pharmaceutical thing. I I don't know I, I if he's tried to
1: cleanse himself of those. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, right, he but, he does his for a federal jobs program. So yeah, yeah. that's something. I yeah. you know so I don't know but but uh, I I like your idea that she would sort of undergo a symbolic death for mm-hmm. the sake of the other. For the sake of the party, Every for the sake the, 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 yeah. of the of the social, right? Like yeah. Uh,
0: actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but that. but I don't. But that's not the. She thinks that clearly. She thinks like, look, I answered these questions. I've done this. I can. I the strength of me as a candidate can that that can exceed these other things. When she's thinking about it, the whole the, the wrong way around,
2: right. You
0: know, like, yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's, I think
1: she's an interesting example. I'd like to come up with, talk about some other examples, but first I want to just circle back slightly to Antigone. Sure. Since it's a bit of a problem point for me, I think, I don't think it's a great example of Lacan's own ethic.
2: Yeah.
1: Because. I, okay.
0: We've already established he maybe doesn't understand his own. Okay, idea. right, right. So I can. <laughs> right, this right. Is, yeah. This is fair you, you're, enough. You're, I could go. We yeah, could yeah. go
1: even one step further. He didn't yeah. live it out personally, and he also chose a terrible example. So <laughs> yeah, true. Sure. But other than that, we <laughs> really like him as a thinker. We love it. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so I think the problem is that it, it's it's she believes that she is obeying. Mm-hmm. the law she calls it decay the law of the god the 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 law of the gods right like mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. and the the law that governs the dead and so i see it's yeah. a it's an obedience to a to a law that's beyond the law, and so a higher
0: law- a higher yeah.
1: law yeah. so I'm tempted to say <laughs> that she falls into the direct categorization of paranoia that mm. is paranoid psychosis like she believe, like the, the paranoiac believes that there is an other of the other who yeah. really knows and that's what yeah. her gods are like and that's why she can act with such absolute conviction because right. she is in touch with this other of the other mm. who tells her what to do what the law is etc so i don't know so yeah. i feel like that's mm. that maybe complicates the the example of Antigone. I don't know. What do that's you, what? that's interesting.
0: Well, I would I would say the 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 contemporary corollary for the um the gods that govern the the dead would be um the algorithm. I yeah. think. The, I I think people <laughs> right. are like people who who like roundly acknowledge like the 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 chaos and like ineptitude of the uh of you know love say the Trump White House. You know, it's like. Uh, but it's, there's another level. There's a in fact, actually, it's corporate and it's governmental. It's the yeah. NSA. Yeah. There's another another level of total competence. It too much. They're they're so competent that they know what you're gonna do before you do it, and right. that's the that you know, and and it's and I actually think this is um. Perhaps this has replaced in some ways the uh, the Oedipus complex in 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 myth making in contemporary society. But there, I know several years ago there was this like widely circulated story about a um, a Target in the Midwest that ha- um, at, sent um, personal coupons to t- some family's house that. Uh, Said that a that this particular she was maybe sixteen that uh, advertising like baby clothes and and like like formula or whatever and the father went nuts went to the local Target and was like you are trying to get my daughter to be pregnant you're trying to 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 convince her to, you're like why are you advertising her blah 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 and he came back I guess a couple weeks later this is how the you know this is this is a story you can find online he came back a couple weeks later and he apologized for his outburst oh it turns God. out his daughter. His daughter was pregnant and she hadn't told them, but target knew target knew
1: before had, the parents.
0: because of, because of their algorithm determined that she was pregnant. Now, here's the thing. People talk about this, like, oh my God, how scary is this? And like target has had to change the algorithm to give you some personal ads that don't apply to you. So it's not, so it's not too scary and not too targeted, but it's like, you know, what gets lost in all of this? she bought friggin' prenatal vitamins. Like I don't, I don't have an algorithm and I could tell you that she's probably pregnant. Like, like that's, it's not that hard at yeah, that point. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to say that there, there isn't stuff with the, with the algorithm that isn't like, like, like touching like too close to the, to the bone right, sometimes, right, whatever. Right. But I mean, you can tell Netflix is, is trying to come up with how to get people to watch other content of theirs. Yeah. Because, it, the the suggested shows thing isn't working and one of their ideas was to come up with commercials for other netflix series so that you might want to watch and people have roundly rejected this so it's like and and there's so much discourse about how like oh they're looking to see what uh, parts of episodes people Stop and replay or what shows They watch over and over again and you're just Going to get that content and they're in your brain And it's, it's like they can't even get You to watch the shows that they have Built based on this algorithm right that Tells you that right. there's a problem with it right and It doesn't so anyway
1: no it's that, a Great that's, point I think so The fear is apparent. it's a great analysis The fear is a paranoid fear About the algorithm as the Other of the other but right even as the algorithm, the other of the other doesn't exist, right? No, it doesn't. And exactly. so I think, I think not giving ground relative to your desire as an ethic mm-hmm. means that you cannot, and this is why I think Antigone fails, it means you cannot accept any ground for your action. Like you can't mm-hmm. root it in this other of the other or these mm-hmm. you know the law of the gods whatever like i don't think i think it has to be it's a desire that you've acquired through your interpretation of the other's desire
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you follow it right but i, I but yeah. again i think it's it's hard to understand what it means to follow it because i think you're absolutely right that lacan farting whenever he wants in public <laughs>
2: yeah. is
1: not an example of it, no. and so, so I think it is not just doing what you want, and right. that I think is crucial.
2: Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm.
1: I think it is, I think it's easier to say what it's not. So it's not yeah. accumulating goods, it's mm-hmm. not pursuing the good, it's not capitulating to symbolic authority,
0: it's not being unimpressed at the movie everyone likes. No, it's right, not, absolutely yeah, not, yeah, right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's more like I, I, I guess my favorite example of this. And it's dated and it's from nineteen eighty-nine and probably one in a thousand people, if that, have seen it, is Heathers. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like uh Veronica, the Winona Ryder character, who initially completely gives ground relative to her desire to join this Heathers popular clique. Or Mean Girls is a slight variation on this, yeah. I think that more people mm-hmm. know. Um, but in the end, she ends up blowing up her, her, her boyfriend (laughs) blows up the school. And then, I mean, that's not part of the, I don't think, I mean, I almost think that's incidental to her relationship to her desire, but Mm -hmm. she breaks from the Heather's thing. And then in the end, she takes the bow off one of the Heather's surviving Heather's hair and puts it in her own head and said, there's a new sheriff in town. And then, mm-hmm. and then she befriends the total outcast of the high school. Yeah. At the end, that's the yeah. final shot. They're walking down the hall, and it's almost like a love scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, I I almost think that ending is the example of not giving ground relative to your desire, like that. And it's like a, like a so, trajectory in the show. From first, mm-hmm. she does give ground. Mm-hmm. And then at the end she she doesn't.
0: Would you say then in like cause in this example, what is critical is the foundation of a new social order yeah. that is radically against the previous one, but is in like but is actually in conformity with some with some good capital G. Is it? Um Is it?
2: I don't I, I don't I, I, know. Don't, you th-
1: I don't know. Yeah, like maybe
2: right? yeah. it's I
1: think you're right, but I think I mean, I think she does, I, I think you're right about she's founding some new kind of order at the high school,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: is it a, is it a good, or is it, is it possible to think of an order? Obviously there has to be a symbolic authority. And she even says, I'm, there's a new sheriff in town.
0: New sheriff in town. Yeah. Right.
1: But what if the symbolic authority says it's the, it's the outcast that is, that, that, or that we're all outcast. Mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. i think that's her claim at the end like, right no one right. is not an outcast and that's why i right. can befriend this person who's an outcast even though i'm now at the height of the symbolic authority right right
0: and no i think that's,
1: i don't know yeah
2: yeah
0: no i think that's right well this is i um i mean this is at work in the children's film i think like the in the pixar movie is is and maybe because maybe there aren't teen films like this anymore but like the, i think yeah,
1: that what a this, sad, sad development. The end of the teen film. Yeah, that yeah, that was no, my that's... that that kept me alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not. I know you're not kidding. The the um, but I think that this is the like this is your basic Pixar. Plot, or even like like a, How to Train Your Dragon, you know, like yeah. the dream. Like this is a society we kill dragons. This guy befriends one, and that it radically changes the entire situation of the of the the world of that film. And I mean, and I mean in a sort of a grubby capitalist way, created a film franchise, right? Because it right changed it. Right. But but I but, but I, I haven't seen the, the thing. That's external to it, and I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this new movie, but I absolutely know. I absolutely know that he has to give up the dragon so that he can go be a part of like with his people or whatever. wow that's just like so he's gonna total, betray
1: his desire he ha-
0: absolutely has to i'm yeah. certain about it like it's just like harry and the henderson's right right like you know goodbye old friends <laughs> or you know yeah as 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 uh because you know um, well that is
1: interesting so that means yeah. that the ethic of desire associates you with other symbolic outcasts like it creates a yeah it creates a social bond uh, mm-hmm. through symbolic death or through symbolic, yes. uh, you know, ex sort of some excommunication from the symbolic, right? Like it's, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and, and what, you know, it's interesting because Lacan says about Antigone that when she undergoes symbolic death, she takes her opponent Creon with her. Yeah. You know, so it does, it is, it is almost contagious, not, you know, not seeding your desire.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, don't you think that, that the, perhaps the, the, um, the occasion of not giving ground relative to one's desire, the occasion of the, of the ethical act show, like it brings into view the structure of the symbolic, the structure of the social, if you like, in a way that otherwise you wouldn't be able to see it.
1: Right. So that's how you like, can maybe define what it is, right? Like that, yeah, it is the act that renders visible the, both the social authority and the fecklessness ultimately of the social authority. Yeah. Like Creon. Through, through exclusion. Yeah. Right? Through exclusion. Through this, yeah. 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 I think yeah. that's really, really good because I th- I think it is a really hard, and I think part of it is because desire is interpretation, so yeah. part of the ethic of desire is trying to interpret what the heck the ethic of desire is, right? Like yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Like it can yeah. I don't think you can ever be certain, and again, this is I think the problem with Antigone is is her certainty. I think you can never mm, be certain mm. that you're following the ethical path and that's how maybe, you know, you're following the ethical path. Right. Yeah. You know, like, right. Right.
0: Because that, cause that is decided by, cause that is decided by the, 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 the big other. The, like, or the other of is, the other. Yeah. The yeah, other of the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So, so maybe, so the only way, like, like, are you, you know, uh, is there a way that you're like, uh, in the Heather's example, like, is what are you following the path for the excluded? Right. You know, right. You know, right. I think that's which it. I think that's yeah.
1: the, I think that's where the, really the rubber hits the road. I'm, I'm just a full of cliches today. That's where the rubber hits the road on, on, on the ethics of desire. Like you can see it and it's that connection mm-hmm. to symbolic death and acceptance of one's symbolic death. And thus you are paired with the excluded. And I think to come back to the warren example like that's what mm-hmm. by by accepting the dna test she mm-hmm. she wanted to put an end to trump's attempt to exclude yeah. her from yeah. normal political discourse by mm-hmm. identifying her as pocahontas but she made it far worse right. because right. you know a dna test isn't of course it doesn't show anything right like it, yes. it just shows there were some fools back there who had other fools and they eventually had me I mean it's just <laughs> you know
0: yeah. yeah, like it doesn't and it it also doesn't get, I mean that's the thing too is that what what is the point what is the point of the the, the point of the DNA test again to, to that example the point of the DNA test was just to stop one guy and some other people from calling her a a nickname. And and saying that she unfairly benefited from this particular identification. So the whole the whole point of it was I'm trying to get people to stop doing this thing. And like 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 with with science or whatever, when the more I mean, it just I mean, it seems so obvious. Right. That Like just. If you if you if you're doing that, you're making it clear that that insult actually is a threat that it got to to you and your entire thing. Right. Like, and, and that it, it, so when you do that, you, you prove that people saying that actually can take you down and it can defeat the point of your entire, like, you know, political edifice, like whatever it is that you've built, it can be brought down by this. When of course the, like the more, the, the path that would have cut that out would just have been like to say, so what? Yeah i mean really and like i'm gonna do this i'm actually like i'm gonna do this and this is actually maybe even something like this this is what i'm gonna do and this is gonna include uh native americans in these uh you know these states and like we and, and i'm gonna bring this into uh political right. dialogue right. you want right. to bring you want to bring the specter of native americans into political dialogue as a joke against me i actually want to bring this into discourse well, isn't that much better? Much better, much better. I mean, I
1: just think, I think you're really making a good point that whenever, I think one of the reasons we capitulate to symbolic authority is because we think if we capitulate, that will give the quietest to it, you know, like that will put an end to its constant, badgering of us. And yeah. I think it never, it actually always makes it worse. And I think that's part of yeah. Lacan's point about why this is the ethical position is because the other, the other alternative is a totally no-win situation where you keep going further and further down this path of conformity and you yeah. can never conform enough to what that social authority demands of you. But, but I think yeah. I take your point that it, that conformity can take the form of non-conformity. Like yeah. that's the c- yeah. contemporary, this hipster figure. Yeah, right, right. I don't, of course. I don't exactly know what that is, but I, but people talk about it in my presence. So yeah. I guess I have some acquaintance with it, but I think isn't that. Well,
0: it's always, you know, it's it, the, the funniest thing about the hipster is that, like very few people identify as a hipster, but everyone can point one out i find that right but also
1: people can identify other people as them yes exactly
0: yeah yeah right right it's always so it's it's which shows you that like again that one as a as a position as a stance toward uh like things or, or culture society like it has no ground and as a like you know again the 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 fact that it's again I, I well i mean actually that's just it we don't have to go into a second point the, the just that it is um uh, a an, an added an attitude a stance toward toward culture means that it is like i mean we'll, well i think we'll talk about this when we talk about um the non-duped air which is like for me more more and more i think one of the key important con- things yeah. the yeah. key lacanian concept yeah. it's a it is so that that pos- position of the hipster is a position of Cynicism, the which is it's just cynic, right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, I'm not going to be duped. I'm going to do this. Right. I'm right. going to always do that. Like, I. It's just a position of anti. Right. But I and think it's
1: like, fascinating yeah. that it does seem like the hipster is the one obeying the Lacanian ethic of not seeding ground relative to its desire. Right. Like it does seem but, like it. But I think I just think it's a way in which that becomes a like that position anything that becomes a symbolic identity
2: yeah right is right,
1: already right. a capitulation to the authority and a betrayal of the desire right?
0: yeah yeah so i, think, I that's think that's the key, key that is the key, the key, thing. key yeah, thing yeah yeah i just i mm. want
1: to talk about um maybe in the last few minutes to about mm. this the the place that this ethic has in lacan's whole thought because Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's sort of fascinating that a lot of his other aphorisms, like the one you just mentioned, they non yes. du pair. Um, the unconscious is structured like a language. There is no other of the other big other doesn't mm-hmm. exist. There is no sex relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. On and on and on. They all are repeated. Yes, uh, The signifier is what represents the subject for another signifier that gets right. I mean right, that's right. repeated in maybe every mm-hmm. seminar. So all of those, all repeated. This idea, this ethic of psychoanalysis, never repeated in another seminar. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so there are people, Slavoj, mm-hmm. Zizek, I <laughs> think, just for some one listening who doesn't know that, I don't know who that could possibly be, um, who think Seminar 7 is just an anomaly. Like it comes mm-hmm. at a certain point, his his thoughts developing one way, seven mm-hmm. is a total break, and then the mm-hmm. transference seminar eight already starts to develop a little bit objet a, and yeah. gets away from the ethic of desire. And then by seminar eleven, you have almost an ethic of drive. Mm. You know, like the desire. There's no mention of an ethic of desire, and there's mention of desire, but not of ethic of desire.
2: Right, so right. I
1: don't. I wonder what you think about that. This idea that. This is just an anomaly, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a kind of a moment at which Lacan gets a little, and I think the idea is that he gets a little too influenced by Bataille. Like he he mm-hmm. he married Bataille's wife Sylvie Bataille, who was an actor, mm-hmm. um, and so maybe he married his wife. Bataille put his disease into him. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's a blue velvet <laughs> allusion. That's but, a blue velvet uh, reference, but, right? Yeah. Um, yeah but but i i i think there i don't agree with that this is not my position mm-hmm. at all but i do think it has some merit i think that i mean you know what i mean like you, the the mm-hmm. very fact that it doesn't get repeated seems to me mm-hmm. to suggest i mean it is true that in seminar 16 he goes back this is from another to the other it's not mm-hmm. translated yet um that he goes back to seminar seven to talk about it and talk about ethics, but he never repeats the formula. So I don't know. So, so I don't know what you think about it.
0: I think I would say, I think this is what I would say is that if, uh, as, as a phrase, as a, as an idea it, in the literal reproduction, right? Right. The, that um, the, uh, ethical position of psychoanalysis is yeah. not giving ground relative to one's desire. Yeah. Obviously that doesn't repeat And that that certainly makes it anomalous. But I think the way that we were just talking about it is that the ethical position is one which makes uh, clear the the social structure and also um, breaks it and reforms it by taking the excluded in the social and, and, and bringing it up to the uh, <laughs> raising it to the dignity of the thing yeah, or perhaps yeah, yeah. or, or raising it to like bringing it up to change the way that the social now works. I right. think it's a perfect example in right. Heather's. I think again, like, like children's films, like they also, a lot, a lot of them Pixar movies, they totally do this. And, you know, Zootopia, I think is a, another example Uh, more recently as well. But the, Okay, so if that's if that's the idea of of the ethical position of psychoanalysis is that against the um, symbolic authority and the demand the uh, of the social that one can intuit like that uh, for to, that this is the again it's a it's a structural demand it's not maybe this is it it's not a personal demand it's right. not you don't you don't fart in public it's we demand that you know people. People who clean toilets, they are immigrants, and even though we need them to do that, we're gonna be terrible to them uh when it comes to laws and we're not gonna let them enter into right, society right, proper, right? right? Like it's actually a it's actually a demand of structure and and hierarchy. So to push against that, okay, to bring that excluded thing, is that not to steal a phrase an ethics of the real?
1: Is, yeah. Is that yeah, I you think know, so. It, yeah. Yeah. So. So like. Well, I think yeah, it's interesting it's, that you said ethics of the real because I think Alinka Zupančič actually does marry ethics of desire to the later, the later sort of ethics of the real, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. So I think she. I don't think she has as many disagreements as Slavoj, but maybe this is one that. I think she sees a through line, and I think you're really—that's a really good point. That if you think of seminar seven as a seminar on symbolic death, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden seminar eleven and some of the later seminars don't seem so out of joint with it, right? Like they seem like the 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 movement from say in seminar eleven from alienation, which is the Mm -hmm. state of the subject in society, to separation.
2: Like yeah. you
1: could see that as a movement of not giving ground relative to desire. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think there are, yeah. I think there are ways in which you can, and this would be my position as well. I think you can, you can link that, link the concept, even though I I am curious why he doesn't repeat it. Like it's, mm-hmm. that I find that just a little curious that it, it, it seems to come up and then disappear. I mean, we talked about the way dusting more or less disappears. Yeah. And it it seems like that don't seed your desire suffers the same fate. Although both are incredibly famous concepts for him, right? Like that's the other Mm -hmm. thing. It's like the seminar was a home run in terms of inventing or or articulating concepts that people remember. You know, I I was listening to a show on France Culture and the whole thing was about Lacan and the whole thing was about, not get Lacan's ethic of desire, not giving ground relative to your desire. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, yeah. that's just one seminar. It never gets repeated. And it was like, that's the, that's the way they're going to describe Lacan to a popular audience. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's a fascinating, so maybe, maybe it's actually, maybe it's the opposite of what Slavoj thinks. Maybe it's that, mm. it's this one nodal point that is singular. And yet, maybe the thing that expresses the whole and thus Mm. can't be repeated because it's the one that really gets at what he's up to more than any of the other statements.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, It's, and all that it requires is not, it requires really just the slightest of adjustments to accommodate the later work, I think.
2: Yeah. Is yeah. That, no, I know, think like, that's and,
0: right. at the level, I mean, and I mean this not in, at the level of concept that at the level of the the phrase, because he doesn't repeat the phrase, right. but I I don't right. think it's, I don't think it's fair. I mean, this is our point. I don't think it's fair to say that he doesn't repeat that idea. The very
1: idea. Right. And yeah. I, I think you could almost even say he repeats it obsessively.
2: Yeah. Right. Like if yeah. the
1: idea is, again, this association that, he makes and that we're stressing between mm-hmm. not giving ground relative to your desire and accepting symbolic death, mm-hmm. then that, that is something, that second idea certainly yeah. runs throughout all of the later seminars, you know, this idea, yeah. because, because in a sense, the big other doesn't exist is the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. like Right. Cause, right. Because right. there's no, that means there's no symbolic authority you can rely on.
2: Mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. which,
1: so again, so I think maybe rather than being an anomaly, it's rather the nodal aphorism—the oh, yeah. one that really that tells you maybe everything you need to know about Lacan and and his thoughts. So maybe that France Culture episode was correct to yeah, make that maybe. The, the focal point. I mean, I don't know that yeah. I would go that far, but I, I just so think it's a yeah. it is a possibility that that's true.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No certainly and I, and i think to to also think of it in the in terms of um like taking the position of exclusion and and raising it up to uh change the 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 type to change the situation yeah i think that like that is a way of thinking about um the real that he, that um
1: he'll develop later
0: he'll develop later yeah, yeah absolutely which is just critical to to his yeah uh his thought. So What's the um, the
1: lesson is? Watch Heathers. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> I think uh, that's true. Uh over and out, Ryan. Over
0: and out Todd. <laughs>